0: good day everyone this is martha childress and welcome to sedona spotlight where each week my co-host darielle archer or i feature teachers healers visionaries and other notables in their field for mystical magical sedona arizona sedona spotlight is here to shine its light on you so anyone anywhere or anytime can experience the amazing energies emanating from the sacred red rocks right here in sedona arizona you can also lighten up live from Seattle, Washington, and vicinity every Tuesday at half past noon on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. on the dial, or listen live online from anywhere in the world you may happen to be at 1230 p.m. U.S. Pacific time, just by clicking the listen live link at SedonaSpotlight.com. Well, today I'm really excited to introduce you to some, some super human beings, <laughs> also um, that are, that are doing some wonderful work, uh, not just trying to do it here in the US, but all over the world where they're actually getting a little less resistance. But we wanna talk about how treating the entire person and with natural practices and supported by a toxic free environment um, could actually solve our escalating health and wellness crisis in this country. And how the organizations in which they're involved with and what they're doing personally and on their own and in many, many different ways, um, the the solutions are there. Um, the models exist. Um, we just need more opportunities and allowances uh, for, for these practices to evolve here uh, with less resistance in the United States. Um, so our two guests today are, I'd like to call them super doctor, and I'm an also have. <laughs> Our other guest, Eddie Tonto, is actually a CPA who got interested in healthcare to give his description of what a super doctor is. I just love it. Um, but Dr. Lee Cowden is uh, a medical doctor and an MDA. She's also chairman of the Society Advisory Board and professor of the Academy of Comprehensive Integrative Medicine. If I read the rest of his bio, it'd be the whole show. Um, also today is Eddie Tintaco. And he is a CFO of Asian media channel, um, EDP and I on channel. And I love the way that he approaches, um, you know, from his personal experience, what he learned about um, the medical system, especially particularly here in in the US and um, how uh, as an accountant, seeing how you follow the do- dollar can explain uh, where a lot of the resistance is out here. So Eddie and Dr. Cowden, I'm delighted to have you. Welcome to the show.
1: Great Thank to you. be on. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um, Eddie, I'm going to have you start things off because it was through one of our clean water fundraisers for the Hopi and Navajo. And as you know, they've, uh, they've been hit so hard with toxic chemicals in the environment as well as very little support uh in health care especially when the life expectancy on the reservation is 45 years old which is just yeah, it's unheard of um it, it shouldn't shouldn't be that that's a dark ages that's a dark ages um lifespan uh, certainly in this day and age we should we should be able to offer them more but tell us how you got connected with the clean water foundation and how we're starting to partner up to bring more support to the reservations and the indigenous all over the world
2: thank you martha well my i became a healthcare activist in october of 1983 when i lost my brother to cancer and uh you know when he passed away uh he got the copay from a health insurance company of a quarter million dollars and he had just gotten married and that's not a good way to start a marriage is uh, to die and leave your wife and your and your son uh, with a quarter million dollar debt to pay so yeah. i i've been uh, an activist supporting uh, nih cdc uh, md anderson johns hopkins memorial i supported these these uh, institutions and then finally the lord smiled on me in 2015 i started meeting people like dr cowden through the patients that i met who were still alive decades later after they'd been sent home to die so i've been very fortunate to have met people like dr cowden and so many other what i call super doctors these are doctors who expanded their knowledge after medical school and uh, they realized that there's more to what they were taught in school other than studying diseases and prescribing invasive invasive medication that really really opened my eyes and then i started meeting corporate ceos who allowed their employees to have access to people like dr cowden and significantly increased their enterprise value because the employees and the family members got healthier uh, they were more productive So that's it from a business sense. And as a taxpayer, it pains me. It's very painful to see our government wasting billions and billions of dollars on healthcare solutions that does not work. Uh, That's not fair to us, the taxpayers, when all these success stories are out there. They have tons of scientific evidence. I got into uh, the uh, cleaning the environment because I realized that. People like Dr. Cowden, all these super doctors, they can cure any disease imaginable, but at the same time, if we're exposed to toxic air, water, soil, and food, bam, we're sick again. And what I conclude now, after meeting all these super doctors, I am, as well as other people, are victims of what's called blind obedience. And that's what hurt me, my family, until my eyes were opened by people like Dr. Cowden. And that's why I am very, very big in, you know, we're very successful in cleaning, removing all the toxins from the air, water and soil to complement what Dr. Codden and the rest of these super doctors are doing today. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And and it is very, you know, just like medicine, treating the whole person. Um, It's the whole environment. Uh, You know, it's it's very holistic. Um, It's it's not just a point and shoot. And unfortunately, a lot of the um, A lot of the philosophies for healthcare and especially pharmaceuticals is like point, shoot and kill. But there's a lot of collateral damage. Um, And Mm -hmm. with that, I think I'll let you expand on that a little bit. Uh, Dr. Cowden, tell us your story.
1: Yes. uh, When I went to medical school in Houston, I'd never lived in a humid environment. And I developed uh, allergic rhinitis and allergic sinusitis and then infective sinusitis, bronchitis and pneumonia. And I followed the directions of the chairman of three different medical school departments and took their drugs and got progressively worse. But thank goodness, my wife's grandmother came to visit us. She was a school teacher and self-taught nutritionist. She had pity on me. She took me to the health food store, got me on some vitamins, minerals, and herbs. and I got well in about a month. Wow. And I thought, my goodness, I need to learn what this woman knows. And I need to take with a grain of salt everything I learned in the training institution after this. And so I started doing... Uh, my own reading on integrative medicine in uh, 1975 and became pretty skilled by the time I finished all my formal training in 1985. And so uh, after that, I set up an integrative medicine practice because I realized that uh, I could not in good conscience continue to do use allopathic uh, treatments on patients when I knew something better.
0: Yeah, and did you get resistance for that for that or are they okay with um I know it's kind of sensitive um
1: well, yeah no I, I came under multiple attacks from the allopathic medical system uh, while I was while I was doing that in Texas so after the fifth attack from the Texas Medical Board I decided that that was not uh good for my health yeah, <laughs> or, my, or, soon, my, yeah. or my or my pocketbook because I had to pay an attorney every time So, uh, so I got a license as a homeopathic medical doctor in Arizona, where the doctors there actually understand what I was doing and appreciate what I was doing instead of attacking me for what I was doing. And uh, so I've remained licensed in Arizona since
0: then. Okay. So tell us um, what you're doing with some of these pop-up clinics and, and, you know, some of the solutions that you're bringing to, you know, places that are more receptive um, to your practices.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I'm connected with uh, uh, hundreds of integrative practitioners around the globe, and uh, you know, I, I, I retired from practice in in 2019 uh, because at that time I was doing 50 hours a week teaching and 50 hours a week with patient care, and I decided uh, since I was approaching <laughs> approaching 70 that uh, 100 hours a week was probably too much work. And, <laughs> and uh, so, so anyway, I. I uh, there's no herb
0: the that's going to help that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, you're absolutely right.
1: So, yeah. so anyway, I, I took the lo- lower paying of the two jobs and, and went to teaching full time. Uh, but now I teach practitioners in, in many different countries and uh, all across the United States uh, how to reverse conditions that allopathic medicine says are not reversible. And uh, and that, that's very gratifying to me, you know, to, to be able to teach a practitioner how to help those types of patients, because if I, you know, teach a practitioner how to do that, they can do it not only for that one patient that, that we started with, but uh, hundreds of others after that. And so it's a it's a multiplication of my uh, my experience that uh, that I that I pass along to them.
0: Yeah, it's a really nice ripple effect because I think that's you know this kind of grassroots expansion, um, you know, with the resistance out there. You know, people kind of have to find it on their own um, and then they just make those choices. It's just unfortunate that, you know, from a kind of an insurance standpoint and a cost standpoint that, you know, I know with me, it's just like, gosh, you everything has to come out of your pocket if it's natural, you know, but then they want to give you, you know, free, um, you know free pharmaceutical, you know, free, free prescription, you know, but if you want yeah. to try to attack something differently. And I always thought that it's like, gosh, with the money that you spent on insurance, health insurance, which is as much of a mortgage these days. So you can't tell me that healthcare isn't just a business at this stage. Um, yeah. And people are not healthy. You know, we know, we know something's wrong with that model. <laughs> it's yeah. just not working. We know it's not working. Well, and it's really, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Related to the to the money, uh, I had a patient about uh, 1996, I think it was, that had uh, ad, you know advanced stage four uh, cancer, and uh, she did not want to go the allopathic route, uh, and so she came to see me and said, you know, can you help me? I said, yes, I'm pretty sure I can. Uh, she said, does any of it covered by insurance? I said, no, probably none of it. And I said, well, why don't you find out from your allopathic oncologist what uh, they expect the charges to be if you went that route? And so she did, she asked, and it was gonna be uh, about 100 to $150,000. And she was gonna have to pay 20% copay, which would be $20,000. So anyway, she came to see me instead and we, we reversed her condition Uh, you know, got rid of all the cancers and all the other conditions that she had for less than $20,000. So she did not spend any more out of pocket with me than she would have spent in the allopathic system, except with the allopathic system, they gave her close to zero chance of survival.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how many stories there are out there like that. I'm sure you, you know, probably can have just hundreds and hundreds of testimonials. um, Because, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right? (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah absolutely is and uh you know uh, if once you have a few hundred uh patients that uh, were supposed to be dead uh, 20 30 40 years ago uh then people start noticing that the other patients start noticing the doctors don't notice uh, and the uh, <laughs> go- government doesn't notice but the but the other patients start noticing that uh, that you're having success when uh, when nobody else is with that condition so so you get uh, you know overwhelmed with uh, with new patients. I had patients coming from uh, every state in the United States and several other countries uh, when I retired in two thousand nineteen, and uh, they didn't they didn't care where I was. I, I moved three times, you know, from from Dallas to Fort Worth to to Phoenix, and wherever I went, they followed.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting because. Um you know with the healthcare, it's like that's that's not paying for treatment that's just your you know that's just to have the the blessing of having health care right you still have to pay everything out of pocket you do pretty much anyway except for one annual visit where they see you for six minutes um and prescribe medicine instead of you know and i i remember when my father was um was ill and going to the hospital with him um and going to the doctors and they were not looking, they wouldn't even look at him. They were just looking at the computer. It's like, you came in, you sit down, you sat, sat down in the chair and they go to the computer and they pull up his charts, they pull up everything. And they're like talking to him while they're still looking at the computer. Um yeah. And, you know, they spend the entire time, so you can't, you're not even getting any body feedback or any, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's nothing. And then it's just like, okay, okay, and asking them questions, not even looking away, and then I'll go, 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 and hands them a piece of paper, and like, I see it, see it in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, well, I, I was
0: astonished.
1: Yeah. Uh, a lot of the allopathic doctors are going to be shocked whenever the artificial intelligence replaces them. Yeah. Uh, oh
0: yeah
1: they can uh, artificial intelligence can't can't replace what I do but they can easily replace what most allopathic doctors do
0: yeah Uh, and they also spend what an hour or 90 minutes I mean and they then they talk about treating the whole person and I think that's the whole thing that you know and, and Eddie you really picked up on that too it's not just one course it's not just having better doctors it's having a cleaner environment Um, on and on and on. Um, And why don't you, um, you know, speaking of the environment, because I think it's really cool what you guys are doing to um, to start reversing some of the destruction on (laughs) the health and environment from, um, what do you call it, PFAS or, you know, the Teflon effect, all all of
2: that. Oh, my goodness. The largest clinical trial in the history of humankind was performed with 70,000 patients and over 99% tested for PFAS, which are, you know, the layman's terms, forever chemicals in their bodies, okay? And those with heavy, heavy contents of PFAS are either dead, dying, or very sick. And and oh my goodness, and, and I'm very, very fortunate to have uh, latched in to have been uh, you know, uh, associated with a company that can fully destroy and eliminate PFAS. But sadly, our government has practically ignored this problem that was invented in 1936. And 20 years later, they discovered oops, it's killing people. No. And uh, oh my goodness. And and you can go- Google that PSN Paul, F, as in Frank, and F. As a Sam, and you're going to see all kinds of things about that uh, chemical. It's in our bodies today. And that's why I gravitate back to people like Dr. Cotton, my wife, Dr. Hanesh. How can we? control the the amount of PFAS in our bodies because you can you can remove it from your bodies in a very inexpensive manner while the government starts to take action to stop it from plurip, 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 from spreading from spreading <laughs> all yeah, over
0: it's the interesting how, yeah it's interesting I, I saw one of the little videos of, of how it's in our waste you know it's in our water oh, treatment everywhere and so it's like, as long as it's in the environment, like you say, these mm-hmm. things are going to, you know, keep reinfecting people. So we really do have to take a holistic approach and we're not even getting into the mental yet. You know, we're just talking about physical and environmental, but, you know, it's, boy, kind of, you know, pe- people's, um, you know, kind of mental state, you know, which, like you say, when you're in, you know, obedience or if you're in overwhelmed. That's not good either. So it's like we're getting the trifecta perfect storm. So, you know, one way or another, I know that, um, you know, if you start looking at some of the ways to clean up the env- environment, then suddenly you become more interested in, you know, what's happening physically, what's happening emotionally. So I love how the, how all of these, um, everything kind of winds up tying in together. So no, what, no matter what route you might be interested in, start looking in, it does just naturally unfold holistically.
1: Yeah. One other uh, topic that uh, most people are not aware of at all is the harm to the human body from the electropollution that's in our environment. And, and, uh, you know, uh, on bioinitiative.org, there's 5,200 articles showing the harmful effect on the human body from the electropollution that we're all being exposed to every day. And, uh, you know, it just keeps peripherating. And he had a challenge with that one too, uh, <laughs> and and, uh, and so uh, you know we're, we're now having uh, satellites beam 5G down upon us 24 hours a day. If it wasn't bad enough just to have it in our neighborhoods broadcasting on us, but now it's being broadcast from the satellites onto us. And uh, the the electro is a you know is cancer causing, immune suppressive uh, in its own right but it also increases the rate of growth of funguses and increases the rate of mycotoxin production in the body. And the mycotoxins are immune suppressive, cancer causing and neurodegenerative. So we've got a double whammy there.
0: Yeah, the neurodegenerative, because a lot of people don't realize how much of these toxins affect us mentally.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the, uh, mycotoxins are fat soluble, most of them, and they get into the brain and cause uh, dementia and other neurodegenerative diseases there they get into the breast and cause cancer there they get into the prostate and cause cancer there and so they're a big problem and one half of all buildings in the United States are infested with molten and fungus and yeah. most people most people don't know that but because we're in a sea of electropollution, pollution all of that is becoming worse
0: well, and like you said, it was like a, kind of the molds and the fungus that you learned um you know, how you can, you know holistically, I mean as we as long as we can't stop those things, what can we do to support our systems so we not um, affected as as adversely And people have to know there's a problem first um to know that you know, wow, I I have a way to yeah. you know what's what's causing it and then having something you know, which you said didn't work. You know everything that was prescribed didn't work it just kind of made yeah. you worse um you know there's just ah uh, you know yeah. another entry well,
1: point yeah mo- most people are spending uh, probably 14 hours a day in their home and if half of those homes are infested with fungus mm-hmm. mold and fungus mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that they can that everybody can do is to get rid of as much electro pollution in their home as they can because that will reduce the mycotox production by 600 fold
0: Wow, I didn't yep. know that. So that yep. actually, wow, yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's so, almost like um, um yeah, mycelium. So re- you know, I mean, it's it's like picking up this energy and it's using it to multiply. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. If if you if you have a death wish, then continue to use your Wi-Fi in your house. But if you don't have a death wish, then use uh, Ethernet, hardware, internet connections, uh, and so on. So there's there's lots of things that we can do to reduce our EMF pollution in the home.
0: Yeah yeah and and we're being encouraged encouraged daily you know to do the opposite you know you there's things you can't even do unless you're doing them electronically they don't even have you say how much of this is going to be replaced we won't we we won't go into the whole ai i think there's been enough enough movies about that i can't believe that we're actually still going down down. (laughs) it's like have any of those ended well (laughs) Yep.
1: no Not, none, of them, none of them ended well. And, yeah. um, you know, one, one of the biggest promoters of AI, uh, you know, has been the uh, head of Tesla. I won't name his name here because that might get me in trouble. But, yeah. uh, you know, he, he has even said that one of the greatest threats to humanity is AI.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like like any tool. It just depends on how we use it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, but once it, uh, it's out there, it's out there. And, you know, you can't always trust Bell. Without going down this doom and gloom path, I know we always like to leave on a positive note too. And and what you guys are doing, I mean, so many people just are apathetic, but you guys are out there and there's so many other people out there and all these organizations you're working with, you know, are pushing these solutions forward, no matter, you know, how overwhelming it seems. Um, and so I'm just going to have you both, you know, just, Give a little shout out to um, some of those organizations and how people can help and learn more.
1: Yeah, well, uh, people that want to learn more can go to the uh, web, the website that I am primarily functional in. That's the ACIMConnect.com. That stands for the Academy of Comprehensive Integrative Medicine and on there there's, there's about 2000 hours worth of educational information about things that you can do for your health integratively to improve your health and improve your life. And, uh, and so you, that's a that's a good start.
0: Yeah, and do you have links to your YouTube videos because I know if you just google, you know.
1: Well, you just you use your name, to, you've got a bunch you, of YouTube yeah, videos yeah, will come up yeah, too. Go, yeah, yeah, go to YouTube and type in my name, oh. you'll you'll find a bunch. My my first name is William, so sometimes it's William Lee Calden on there. But, okay. Uh, any, <laughs> anyway, when I was when I was born, there was five William Cowans that decided to call me uh, by my middle name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll also have the link in the archives, direct to the websites as well, if you don't have a chance to uh, jot it down. And so, Eddie and um, I want to have you got you on again too to talk about what we're um, already have in the works um, to bring up to the. Hopi Reservation, the Navajo Reservation, um, that's exciting. That That's a whole other topic. But in the meantime, why don't you give us some some shout outs to uh, some of the organizations you're involved with to learn more?
2: Well, I, I was a victim of blind obedience all my life until I started meeting all these super doctors in 2015. OK, and and so I guess what I can say as a CPA, is that if you ask the question why five times, you will end up with the right decision, okay? <laughs> and and also, I'm I'm a CPA, so I'm very focused on outcomes only. I mean, you know, people people start to believe all these things, but if there are no successful, verifiable, successful outcomes, don't do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And a lot of times, people say, "Well, I got to have the re- the peer reviewed research to prove that I need to do that." And uh, a lot of peop- yeah. people don't realize that forty percent of all the pharmaceutical drugs don't have good peer-reviewed research backing up what they do.
0: Yeah, and they also do the research.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, and, there's and, a conflict and,
0: of interest and, there as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, an article published in Nature magazine showed that sixty-eight percent of the pharmaceutical drug publications are not reproducible, and yeah. and and eighty-two percent of the of the ke- chemotherapy. Uh, pharmaceutical drug trials are not reproducible so so which you know which uh, percentage are we going to rely on
0: yeah exactly well and i know eddie you're involved with um like the eyes on channel and you know some other wonderful um organizations and so they'll they'll have links to some of that stuff as well um but thank you both you are super human beings for being on the show today and I hope you uh, hope to have you back to you know maybe go into certain topics a little bit more uh, in depth. But for now, I just wanted to introduce our audience to you and let you know some really wonderful things are going out there, going on out there in the world as well. Um, you know, like to say, "Stop being obedient, start asking why, 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 why." <laughs> yeah. So thanks, thanks again for joining us today, Eddie and Eddie and Doctor Cowd.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank and thanks. Yeah. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in and turning up the lights as well, because we can all be spotlights, just like our two super guests today, helping to create a brighter future and a better world for everyone, anywhere and anytime. So shine on bright, y'all, and have a truly magical day.